Welcome to the Empowered to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I am your host. And today on the show, we've got Matt and Laurel Smith, who are Cultivate Connection facilitators. Um, Matt also is the clinical director um, at Memphis Family Connection Center. And so he um, is here with one of our, uh, one of ETC's three programs. And so um, they're going to talk with us about um, one of our connecting practices that, that we found to be very foundational, which is being curious. And so um, we'll talk all about that. Becca McKay's with us as well. Um, it just a really, really great episode. If you are listening to this as it loads or as as it um, as it comes live, you know, it is summer of 2023. We are um, in most places around the US and I would think globally we are we are ending the spring semester of school heading into summer break. And so um, for us, we are uh, a lot of us getting uh, getting ready and kind of getting our plans and our structure together for the summer to to be able to be uh, present with our kids and and all that. And so today's episode talking about being curious is uh, we believe foundational and can save so much stress and um, uh, prevent a lot of uh, rupture in relationship by uh, not assuming. So we'll we'll talk about all those things today with Matt and Laurel. Um, you're going to love them. Laurel's a teacher, Matt's a psychologist. And so there's a, a a wide range of experience between the two of them. Um, and so they'll share some of their story, how they got connected to ETC, as well as um, some really practical uh, tips and um, kind of a framework for us to understand why being curious is so important. So without any further ado, here they are, Matt and Laurel Smith. So we're here with Matt and Laurel Smith and Becca McKay. And so as we talked about in the introduction today, we're going to talk with them about one of our connecting practices um, and just get to know them a little bit. Um, our obvious disclaimer before we start would be that um, none of these connecting practices are, uh, they don't contain magic or any kind of voodoo or um, secret um, special sauce that like cures your kids of dysregulation <laughs> and, um, and just like makes your relationship happy and great all the time. We do believe that it is the road to a safe and trusting and secure relationship. But um, we'll say that at the beginning today, like what we're, we're going to share today, we believe to be very, very helpful, practical information. Um, we don't pretend that these things today are cure-alls or fix-alls or, or the silver bullet, so to speak, that will um, stop any kind of discomfort in your life. So we'll say that um, from the beginning. And so why don't, uh, before we get started talking about the connecting practice today, why don't you guys, if you don't mind, share um, Matt and Laurel, like what you do professionally, and then maybe how you originally got connected to ETC. Well, uh, I am the clinical director of counseling at Memphis Family Connection Center, which is one of the three branches of ETC. Empowered to Connect, and I am a psychologist, uh, but the way that I came to, uh, or that we came to uh, ETC, um, is through uh, an, an ETC conference uh, in, in Brentwood, where Dr. Karen Purvis was speaking, and the, the Monroes, uh, Michael and Amy, and some others uh, that we've probably heard on podcasts or heard quoted um, so we got involved in all of that as uh, part of our preparation to adopt our youngest daughter, China, uh, about 12 years ago. And we brought her home 10 years ago. We, 10 years ago, we were in China 
<laughs> uh, from the middle of May till the end of May. So we're yeah. celebrating all that. Awesome. Right now. And Laurel, what do you do professionally? I am a teacher and I've taught everything K to 12, almost every subject and unfortunate uh, semester of, of science that did not go great, but um, yeah. And um, so uh, teaching, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, four kiddos. I don't know if that four kiddos are youngest, um, but all of our kiddos came to us through adoption. Okay. Awesome. So you guys, we, we talked about um, in our last episode, we'll try to talk to folks who um, are all over the map in terms of like their context and geographical places in life and, you know, ages of their kids and all of that. And so um, you guys being adoptive parents um, have young adult children now. And so that's kind of your world of parenting now. And um, what we would say, what Mo and Tana remind me um, often is that when your kids become young adults, you don't just stop parenting them, which is sometimes disheartening if I'm being honest, just kidding. So um, that's where you guys are at now. And so why don't we jump into our connecting practice for today? And so we're we're going to talk. Well, Becca, do you mind introducing um, this connecting practice and also kind of what we're doing in the, in the episode today? Absolutely. Um, so today we are talking about be curious. It's our first connecting practice for a reason. And that's because you can't do anything else <laughs> unless you're willing to be curious about what's going on for real below what you see on the surface. And so um, our three core components are to be mindful of history. And that includes both what you bring to the relationship from your past and what the kiddo brings, what they bring with them from their past. And then we want to be mindful of attachment. You guys have heard us talk over and over and over again about attachment patterns, attachment styles, attachment relationships, secure attachment, and all of that. Um, and we really do think that can really shift the way that we see our relationship with the kids that we're caring for. And then being mindful of why was the one I hinted at right out the gate, which is just looking below what people are doing into more of the why behind it and the why behind how different things have impacted us along the way. Um, so this summer, as we go through our connecting practices with our facilities, Facilitators, we're just wanting to kind of hear your guys's experience with this connecting practice specifically with be curious. And so kind of like first thing, we just would love to hear what's your favorite thing? What's your favorite thing about being curious personally? I think that I would say that um, it's just it's just great to think about what is going on. Like, why is this happening? And it's great because you don't make an assumption about what's going on. Because a lot of times, if you jump to a conclusion, this child is being willful, they're angry about one thing, that could totally be wrong. They could be, if you can be curious about it, then you could find out, oh, something else entirely is is going on that you can actually address and fix and become yeah. connected. And Laura, would you say that, I mean, does this, does this play into your teaching at all? Like, has this helped you as a teacher, this practice? Absolutely. So <laughs> a lot of times when you talk to a kiddo who um, is dysregulated in the classroom, um, if you can take a moment and just assume that they're having a hard time instead of giving you a hard time, um, then you can say, hey, buddy, what's going on? And it could be that their pencil is broken and they're not really refusing to do the work. They just wanted this particular pencil, you know, which is totally uh, I can I can fix that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then Matt, what, what about you? What's your favorite part of this uh, connecting practice? 
Well, I think it gets back to the idea that we can be parent detectives. And I like mystery movies and I like uh, I like to read mystery books, you know, novels, whatever. Uh, And there's always a detective, uh, whether that person is officially in the role of a detective or they are thrust into the role of being, you know, figuring things out. Right. Um, And so that uh, that idea, uh, sort of an overarching idea of a parent being a detective or on behalf of their kids to, to try to unravel that mystery that uh, is, is below the surface of the behavior is uh, very appealing and, and very helpful. It's a, it's a helpful mindset for, uh, for us to have toward our kids. And do you feel, I mean, same question as, as I gave to Laurel, I mean, in your, in your clinical practice, like as, as a counselor, as a therapist, you know, I guess to some extent, Matt, this is kind of your entire job, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It kind of is. Yeah. (laughs) Uh Um, So, yeah. uh, yeah, So I'll skip that part of the question. Thank (laughs) you. Like all you do. Um, (laughs) You know, you don't have to skip it. And here's the, here's the reason why I think that um, just like Becca said, being curious is a, is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. Um, If, if we can get that piece in place uh, with parents, then we have a much easier road going forward. I mean, because we can give all the tools, but the chances are a parent is not going to use those tools unless they're willing to be curious about what's actually going on. And if you don't know what's going on, or at least you're not curious about it, you may wind up doing things. You you may not use the tool that's going to be most effective in that situation. Yeah, And I loved what Laurel brought up about assumptions, because I think that's a lot of times where we get into where we get into trouble is when we just assume that we know what's going on and why and how we should respond and how we should set the limit or the consequence or the punch, like whatever it is. So I just love that you highlighted that, Laurel, because I think it takes some humility, like if you can be humble enough to not assume I know exactly what this kid is doing and it's on purpose and it's willful. You said some of those things. So I just love that you highlighted that because I do think it takes a little bit of humility to be curious. And I mean, especially you guys have both been in your jobs for like a long, long time. And so you're having to continually, I know Laurel, like with you switching roles from high school kids to little kids, you were still being curious, but it looked a little different. I'm guessing, I'm guessing it looked a little different with those littles. So you're having to constantly be humble and adjust, which can be really hard to do. So I'm just impressed with like both of y'all's ability to do that throughout different settings with different ages and different contexts, sometimes for yourself. And then like Matt, sometimes helping other parents be curious about their kids through your work. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing to keep in mind is if you're not being humble, I mean, not being curious, then sometimes what you're doing is actually driving a negative behavior. So it's just, I mean, it's just great to be curious on the front end before you escalate things as the adult, when you make an assumption that is incorrect. Yeah. 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 I think about how often that, and and what does that also do is it erodes trust with the kid, right? Like if they don't feel heard, 
or seen or understood. Um, and that perpetually happens like, no, 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 that's not how you feel. You're really doing something else. Like you project that in and that, that it is completely eradicates trust in a relationship. And so all the way around being curious, like, and I, I think about even the, um, in the context of just relationships, friendships, like when we um, have friendships that, that transcend any kind of natural separating line, whether it's ethnicity or culture or age or generation or whatever, um, all all those assumptions do is block trust and relationship from being built, right? And so um, this is a good practice, not just for parenting, but just for life. Um, and so, I, yeah, I appreciate y'all saying that. Um, on those same lines, this can be a, a concept that's misunderstood a lot or, um, you know, mistakes can be made within that. What, what do you guys find to be some of the more common misconceptions or, or mistakes made when, when trying to uh, be curious like this? I think some parents may see it as um, <clears throat> overly passive um, if you are trying to analyze everything, you know, it's like, uh, paralysis by analysis, I guess, uh, you, you're, you're almost, it's like, Oh, I'm, if I'm going to sit here and think about all the possible, you know, reasons that this kid might be acting out, then, you know, I'm going to get stuck here and not act. And so, and sometimes you have to take action in a given moment. You know, right. that gets back to the levels of response and all of that. But, right. uh, Sometimes we we do need to act, but even after the fact, sometimes even when we've acted poorly as parents, it's good to go back and think, I wonder what was going on there. Uh, what Not just what was going on with my child, but what was going on with me yeah. in that moment? Why yeah. did I, why did I react that way? And I know that Laurel and I over the years have had, I mean, it's, it's great. It's great to have a partner <laughs> um, because we can call each other out or we can start a conversation after something has happened that we're not sure about or where we feel like one or both of us got dysregulated um, and, and say, uh, or just, you know, ask the question, <laughs> what do you think was going on there? Um, without feeling most of the time, I would say without feeling judged. Um, right. although if we're dysregulated, we may feel that way. So we have to have that conversation after, you know, we're calm. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, before we jump in that next question, like I would like to say there for a second, to me, one of the things that was, um, one of my biggest misconceptions was like, oh, I blew it. Now I can't be curious about what happened. Like I, I acted too fast and this, you know, the, now I can see back, but ah, I missed my chance. You know, will you guys talk about Matt, maybe it's elaborating on that very thing. Like the, the need for this to be sort of a, a just new mindset altogether, not just a practice in a moment where you're seeing something that needs to be, needs to be corrected. Yeah. Well, one of the things I like about ETC on the whole is it gives you an opportunity to, um, well, it's just mistakes or opportunities. Yeah. So we, we can actually go back and analyze what we've done and what our child was doing in a moment and just reflect on that. And I think that's part of being curious too, is just reflecting back on a situation that didn't go well. Yeah. And, uh, 
maybe trying to figure out, but but it also gives us some motivation to go back to our child and say, hey, I've been doing some thinking about how we interacted earlier and I don't feel good about it, but let me tell you what I don't feel good about my part in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes that gives them an opportunity to, to open up. It's more likely that they'll open up than not if, mm-hmm. if I'm willing to be humble and I show them that I'm being curious uh, mm-hmm. about myself and them. Yeah. I know, um, Laurel, I know you've kind of used this in your own family, but also you and Matt have been walking alongside other families for a really, really long time. And I know we've talked about, you've shared some of these strategies with teachers even. So what are any kind of like common misconceptions or missteps that you see when people first start to try to be curious? I think maybe it's just that feeling that, you know, as the adult, you're supposed to have all the answers and then you don't. And to just kind of give up a little bit of that control that there's not always just one response that you can always go to. Um, I'm just thinking in the classroom, like when a kiddo, you know, makes a mistake, this is always the consequence that happens. And sometimes in a moment, maybe what you could do is pull that kiddo aside. I'm, I'm really blessed to work in a school where that is um, encouraged, you know, to get to the heart of a situation and to talk to a kiddo about it. So our student about it. So, um, but yeah, just, just, or just changing the way that you do things. If you've always just said, this is that response and just, I'm going to be completely fair. Maybe sometimes you feel like it's not fair because um, a child or a student who might have other struggles like, you know, ADD or something like that going on may not need the exact same response as a more neurotypical child in your classroom or family. So, um, yeah, feeling like maybe it's not fair or feeling like you don't have all the answers right there in the moment. But I think it's great to model. Like I, We love each other. To love each other well, it's not always the exact same response. And uh, we don't all have the answers and we can always be learning. Right? That's so good, Laurel, because I think people can get tripped up on like, okay, but if I'm curious long enough, shouldn't I always know? And it's like, no, you're going to have to be curious always. Like that's right. such a good point. It's not like, oh, you're going to do this. And then it's just going to become secondhand and you're never going to have to spend time thinking about it again. It'll just be second nature versus like you're saying, no, we're going to have to keep being curious and kids grow like kids change throughout different life stages. And so you're going to have to keep being curious and learning and being open. So man, that's a really, really good point. It's not about quote unquote, finding the answers to the problem and then changing your response to be very formulaic. It's changing your entire way of seeing situations. So man, what a great, what a great point there. Um, Well, I mean, another problem just to piggyback on that is that we get ourselves in trouble because of what we already know. Like, I feel like I know my kids. And when I see a behavior, I think I know exactly what's going on. Um, I'm, I'm assuming some things again, you know, we always get ourselves in trouble with assuming, but just because, just because a behavior or a set of behaviors is predictable, that doesn't mean we know why it's happening. It's a hundred percent right. Yeah. 
right? So we we're trying. Sometimes we just see this. We 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 see this pattern. Like, oh, we're going on we're going on a trip together. Well, the kids are going to start fighting in the car. Well, we know that's going to happen. So, but but rather than paying attention to what may be going on in the surface, we're trying to get ahead of the behaviors, right? right? So we're we're just thinking, oh, what can I do to nip this in the bud immediately? You know, am I, am I going to, I'm going to have to pull the car over, you know, as soon as we leave, you know, five minutes after we leave, I'm going to have to pull the car over and yell at everybody or, you know, whatever. Uh, and, um, but that's a very predictable behavior, but we, that doesn't mean that we know why it happens. Right. And I think that, you know, one of the things that happens when, when we are curious and we give um, each situation its own unique attention is it, it brings a lot of dignity to our kids and, and to the people that we are interacting with. Like it's, it's not assuming that you know everything about this person and that, um, that their feelings or thoughts are invalid, like their, their opinions on why it's happening or what they're feeling and that's producing are invalid. You're allowing them to say like uniquely without, without acting like I'm the adult, I know what's going on. Hey, tell me what's going on. Like, Oh, you're just mad. We always fight in the car. I get some of that where like our, there are times our kids reflect my lack of being curious. Like, I know you're mad because this seems like it always happens, but this is, you know, and so that's always a shot to the heart of like, ah, I'm like, I'm communicating to them too much that like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying, but really what this is, is whatever. And so I think the the dignity that we add by um, giving them chances to share what's going on uniquely when, when maybe similar situations arise and the car is a great one, Matt, like um, most people are going to fight on a long road trip. If you put them in, regardless of their siblings, strangers, family, whatever. And so like, it doesn't mean that the the reasons are always the same. And also uh, we have a a long road trip coming up pretty soon as a family. So I appreciate you just going ahead and giving me the shakes about that ahead of time. (laughs) Um, You know, be curious, JD. Be very curious. I'm gonna need. I gotta be curious myself of why I get so stressed out about that. Um, So I think you know, Becca. Why don't you ask our next question, and then we'll um, talk about road trips no more. Oh, we might keep talking about road trips because we're thinking about this summer. So I think we've got listeners that have kids all across the map and you guys have young adults. And so as you think about this upcoming summer, you know, um, Laurel, you're a little bit still on the school year schedule as a teacher, but as we grow into adulthood, some of us, the summer is just the summer, like it just keeps going. So as we approach this summer, um, we're curious about how you guys plan to be curious this summer. What kind of comes to mind? What do you want to, maybe, is there a core component that you'd like to focus on or is there any kind of way that you see this playing out in y'all's summer? So we're, so uh, one of our kids, well, all of our kids are adults. They're in their early twenties. One of our kids is going to be going to training for a new job that he's got. We're all very excited about it because he's been into trains all his life. And uh, he is going to train to be a conductor. And uh, so he's going to be out a lot. He's going to be out of town training. So we decided we needed to get a vacation in with all of us. Uh, And so we're going to go to the beach in uh, about three weeks or so here. And uh, so we I'm I'm curious about how that's going to go because we haven't been altogether uh in a situation like that in a long time yeah. uh we've been on some trips and like 
maybe one or two kids couldn't go because of work schedules or whatever, but this time we're, we're all going to be there. And, uh, that's, you know, that's the plan. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes with everybody in a new space, uh, different space than what we're used to and in a routine. And and we're all bringing expectations into that. Uh, right. Like we're as parents, we're probably thinking, well, this is the last, this may be the last time we get to do a vacation together in a really long time because they're all adults and they're going to start to spread out and they're going to have their responsibilities and we're not going to be able to get time off at the same time. And so there, there might be some expectations of we have to make this really great and, you know, everybody has to be in harmony and nobody needs to get into any petty fights or anything. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead say that again laurel i said that's not happening there will be drama <laughs> there will be drama because we've never had a vacation where there wasn't something right and that's true of my guess is all families yes. uh there's going to be there's going to be something if the point is to be together it's not for everything to be perfect and harmonious yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we know this is going to look different from the last time we did this when they were probably mid to late teens. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Man. And with everybody, like the, everybody's got as young adults, it's a great time to be curious about, you know, new relationships, new jobs, new dreams. Like they're in such a season of, in the season of launching out, like there's so many possibilities. So as parents, we can be, curious about that. And I have to work on being curious without interjecting too much of what I think in there. And my kiddos will call me on that. Um, what I think their hopes and dreams should be. So um, to be curious and quiet is, is will be my challenge, I guess. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Hey, uh, last question. And this is, I think, more of a fun kind of way for us to wrap this episode up. Um, can y'all think of any times that you've seen this connecting practice, being curious, employed in TV or film or books? Um, and if and, and if so, if you have like a favorite example of that. We were talking about this this morning. I think that they're like movies, like we just are big mystery buffs, you know, like we have always loved mystery movies and mystery books. Uh, mystery shows you like- really but really i think sorry to interrupt you <laughs> any good any good uh story there's always going to be a reveal right there's something about the main character or characters that we don't know at the beginning that we find out about at the end and it kind of helps everything make sense oh, um so- whether whether it's a mystery movie or not um, that, those are, those are the best, those are the best movies. Those are the movies that I think we tend to, or stories. Uh, but I, I think those are the stories we tend to identify with the most. I think my favorite in recent memory is the show. This is us because they give you kind of a snapshot of like right now. And then the whole rest of the series is them unpacking the layers of that. Well, what about this interaction? What about that interaction? What about this person? So you're constantly learning new information in this layered kind of way. And um, although it's just a TV show, it's like, man, 
that really is kind of what it's like. Like you're not seeing the whole picture at once. You're getting it in little snippets. And like, they do a lot of like being mindful of history. They bring up a lot of like, well, this is how they are as 36 year olds. And then let's go back to eight year old summer. Like they do a lot of showing how the different things play together. So I think that's probably my favorite example in recent, in recent TV history. I love that. Um, I love that Matt, your favorite genre mystery is really a great, great example of this one too. Well, I I'll say within the mystery genre, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie knives out. Um, but <laughs> it's, it, if you are listening to this and you've not seen knives out, it is a hundred thousand percent worth your time. It's one of my favorite, uh, movies that we, my wife and I got to go see it knowing nothing about it. I heard somebody that I trust their opinion say, Oh my gosh, this movie is awesome. You've got to go see it. That's all I knew about it. I didn't know it was a mystery. I didn't know it was, you know, any, but uh, Daniel Craig, who also plays uh, James Bond, some um, plays a character called Benoit Blanc, and he's a detective with a kind of Colonel Sanders ish Southern draw. And um, it, it's as all good mysteries do, like it, it builds and twists and turns and you think you've got stuff figured out and then it flips on its head. And, um, and I will not reveal the end of the movie or, or even any of the big flips in there, but you just, he, he is a brilliant, uh, master of curiosity. And so, um, and a, and a brilliant yeah. observer and, uh, really fun to also impersonate. And so, um, there's, there's, uh, knives out and there's also, um, a Netflix movie called the glass onion, which is the same, uh, same writer, same characters. Um, Benoit Blanc is back again to solve a crime and it's, Oh, it's so good. Um, and then lastly, I'll say Ted Lasso, um, is maybe my wife and I's favorite show. And that we just watched an episode last night. And again, I don't want to ruin it because I'm not sure where people are if they're watching it, but, um, where this person's past and, and the relationship dynamics that they had together, um, had, uh, made a conflict appear as if it was over one thing. And then, as, as again, all good shows do at the end of the episode, it flipped into this like picture of, well, I was hurt. How could you have not shared that with me? But, you know, instead of it being, I was hurt by the information I had, like, how, how could you not trust me to share that? What well, like, I thought we were teammates. So anyways, it, oh, it's, it's so good. Um, and so I think that when we see this employed in, um, in books or film or, or, or TV, it, I think we all as humans appreciate that, right? Like we appreciate the non-judgmental, the the withholding their um withholding their opinions until they get all the facts type people. Um, and so I think if we can remember how that feels to see the crime cracked or to see the the flip in the character and to know what's really happening behind the surface, it can remind us as we're as we're in our own um, you know, movies every day with our with our families to to always be looking um, behind the behavior to see what what is uh, the reason behind it. So um, guys, any other thoughts before we wrap up today? Like this has been really, really great. I I, I like talking about TV shows and movies. So we could just keep <laughs> doing that for another 30 minutes. I'm sure that, you know, everybody who's listening would you know, identify with all of our, our sure. preferences. <laughs> um, yeah. Laurel and I, we, we were really into the show Lost. When the kids were little, that was the show that, you know, we, when you put the kids to bed, it's like, okay, now we got to go watch our you know, recording of loss. We were, it, people were still using VCRs back then. So, you know, yeah. we had it on, <laughs> we had it on tape. 
and yeah, that was our that was our little reward for uh, getting the getting the kids their baths and into bed. So awesome. lots of reveals, lots of lots of like, hey, we're going to show you something about this character that's going to make you think one thing about them, but then as you see their backstory played out. You're gonna you're gonna think something different, and you're gonna get a deeper and richer experience of this character. And we're all like that. We are all degree, like that, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, go watch Mysteries and Lost, and This Is Us, and Ted Lasso. That's your homework now as a parent. Um, <laughs> are curious, um, guys. Thank y'all so much, and we will talk to you soon. Well, uh, again, a huge thank you to Matt and Laurel, and we're just uh, grateful for them being on. Thank you for Becca uh, coming on. Um, and so uh, two announcements as we end. Number one, this will be happening all summer. So we'll be walking through our connecting practices all summer with um, various facilitators who are across the globe. So um, everywhere from uh, California to Zimbabwe to Memphis to uh, Seattle to everywhere in between. We'll be talking to folks who are um, on the ground in real time in different seasons of parenting in different geographical contexts, um, talking about these connecting practices and how they help to be able to um, to give a framework for us to parent our kids in a more connected, attachment rich, um, connection based way. And so, um, if you did not last week see our connecting practices handbook here it is live and in person um it is available on our website um, to purchase you can get an ebook download or um, get the physical copy sent out to you and so please make sure you do that um in terms of just having a uh condensed guide there for you as a reference. It is so helpful. If you are um just now getting into this world of parenting, you're like, man, I don't know about taking the entire cultivate connection course, but I would like to at least have sort of a precursor to it um, and get to explore some of the concepts. That's your best first move. If you've just been through cultivate connection and you're like, that's so much information. And I really, really want to make sure that I um, can reference it back as we're getting started in this new way of doing things. This is a great resource for you to have. And so um, I promise we're not just trying to sell it to every context, but we do really believe whether you're just getting started um, and uh, getting introduced into this content, whether you're just getting started, actually trying to walk this content out in real life, um, really helpful resource for you. It's available on the website. Again, we'll be doing this all summer. And so um, buckle up. We got some great guests ahead of us who are um, going to share uh, where they're at parenting and, and all on their journey. So uh, we're excited for that. Thank you for being with us. If you know somebody that needs to hear this episode, if you would just share it with them, send it on to them. Um, we're always always looking for more people to be able to connect to um, and help them along their parenting caregiving journey. And so uh, with that said, for Kyle Wright, who edits and engineers all of our audio, for Tad Jewett, the creator of the music behind the Empowered to Connect podcast, I'm J.D. Wilson, and we will see you next week on the Empowered to Connect podcast. Mm-hmm.